Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Jesus, your tomb is empty and you're here. And we celebrate that together and your resurrection changes everything. We're here today because we need you. You know our needs and we pray that you would meet our needs. As we open your word together, Holy Spirit, fall fresh. That, that many might come to understand for the first time who you are and receive you as Savior and Lord. And Holy Spirit, fall fresh that those of us who know you might fall more in love with you and, and leave here today renewed in our desire to follow you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning... I get to share with you about one of my heroes, and one of my heroes is Enoch. Do you know Enoch? Uh, you know why he's my hero? Listen to this. Because Enoch walked with God. If you remember nothing else from today, remember that, that Enoch walked with God. Now, he's not my savior. I only have one savior. My savior is Jesus. But I have many heroes, and, and do you know what heroes are? Heroes are people who inspire us. They inspire us morally, they inspire us relationally, they inspire us spiritually, and Enoch does that to me. So let me ask you, what would you like to be remembered by? You know the greatest thing that anybody could say about me? is that Smiley walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He loved Jesus. He followed Jesus. He made much of Jesus. He went home to be with Jesus. Wouldn't you like to walk with Jesus? Listen, we're going to spend some time with Enoch today and, and, and see how he walked with God so that we can walk with him too. If you're new, welcome. We're reading the first book in the Bible together this year, Genesis. It's a book about beginning. It, te it tells us how the story began because the Bible is a story. It's the gospel. And, and we started and we learned about creation, that God made everything and it was good. And then we looked at the fall, how the fall wrecked everything. And we've learned that God promised a Savior who would come and save us, Jesus. And then last week, Dave did a great job helping us understand there's two families in the Bible. There's two seeds. There's the seed of the, the serpent and the seed of the woman. That those who reject God and those who walk by faith, we might even say there's the world and the church. Um, and last week, when Dave was speaking, we got to see the genealogy uh, of the unbelieving line, and today we're going to look at a genealogy of the, of the believing line, those who had faith in God. So if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to read in, start in verse 1. <clears throat> this is the book of the generations of Adam. Notice a book. There was a book, it seems like Adam, seems like Adam wrote his genealogy in a book. A lot of people today, they're looking for their, their genealogy, aren't they? And, and so Adam seemed to have written it, and when Moses would write this many years later, it would be under the inspiration of, of the Bible, but there were source materials like this book of generations. 
Now, the first time words are used in the Bible, they're significant. And this is the first time the word book occurs in the Bible. So in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the first time we see book, it's a book about the generations of Adam. So can you imagine in the New Testament what it's going to be like? The New Testament begins, and we see it most clearly in the King James Version. Uh, Notice how the New Testament begins, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? The Old Testament begins with the genealogy of Adam, and the New Testament begins with the genealogy of the new Adam, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of us, we get to the genealogies and we tone out. But maybe there's some really good things in here, okay? It's, it's almost, and, and what we're going to see today, this is going to be cool. Genesis 5, we'll get the genealogy from creation all the way to the flood. All the way from creation to the flood in one chapter. It's almost like God wrote his word just for us today. Notice how it continues in the day when God created man. Did you notice that in the, what, day? It didn't say over the course of millions of years, did it? It said what? In the day when God created man, he made man in the likeness of God. And and people are unique. Of all the creatures that God has made, man is made in his image. Every human being has great value. Wow. He made him in the likeness of God. Notice this well, as though it were written just for today, he created them male and female. God created us with two biological sexes. There is male and female. And then notice, and he blessed them. And he named them man in the day when they were created. All that in the first two verses, okay? When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son, in his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Then the days of Adam, after he became the father of Seth, were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And I know some of you, wait a minute, you don't really believe that, do you? I mean, you don't believe that he lived 930 years, do you? And and actually, I do. And, And then you say, well, how could someone live 930 years? And I say, well, that's a really good question. But the Bible teaches that the conditions on earth before the flood were very different from what they were after the flood. That before the flood, there was a water canopy layer around the earth that shielded out a lot of the harmful rays of the sun that age us. And so if you read through Genesis that we're about to do, we're going to see that before the flood, people lived much longer than they did after the flood. That after the flood, the length of man's life began to descend rapidly. Now, throughout this chapter, we're going to see a pattern. Someone in the believing line, Adam is named. Then we're going to be told how many years they lived before they had a named child who would be in the seed, would be of the seed of the woman. This is the one who carried on the faith. This is the one who followed God in their lifetime. They're the named one who passes on their faith. Then we'll be told how many years they lived exactly, and then we'll be told, and he passed away. It doesn't say that, did it? It says what? He, help me, he 
Did you notice nobody dies anymore? Have you noticed that? Really, that people always talk about that they passed away, they moved on, they graduated. In this chapter, it's going to be said eight times. Maybe that's important. We're going to read, he died, he died, he died, he died. He died, he died, he died, he died. If the Bible uses that word, why don't we? Because it just reminds us too much of death, right? Listen, maybe nobody's told you, but none of us is getting out of this alive. We're all going to die. And when we die, it'll be in one of two ways. We'll die prepared or we'll die unprepared. And oh, I pray for you that when you die, you die prepared. Eight times we will hear that in this chapter. Seth lived 105 years and became the father of Enosh. Then Seth lived 807 years. And he became the father of Enosh, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Thank you. Enosh lived, Enosh lived 90 years and became the father of Kenan. Uh, then Enosh lived 815 years after he became the father of Kenan, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died, right? Kenan lived 70 years and became the father of Mahalalel. Then Kenan lived 840 years and, and he became the father of Mahalalel. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Kenan were 910 years and he... Very good, thank you. Mahalalel lived 65 years and became the father of Jared. Then Mahalalel lived 830 years after he became the father of Jared. And he had other sons and daughters, so all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years and he... See, it's in there a lot, isn't it? Jared lived 162 years and became the father of Enoch. There he is, there's my hero. Then Jared lived 800 years after he became the father of Enoch, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he... Now, the story's about to take a twist, okay? So, so, so listen to me, with me, okay? Enoch lived 65 years, and he became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God. There it is. That's what I want you to remember, okay? He walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he didn't die. He didn't die. And he was not, for God took him. There are two people in the Old Testament who don't die. One of them is Enoch. He, he was not. And, and the other is Elijah, who got caught up in a whirlwind into heaven. Uh, one person stands out. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Methuselah lived 187 years and became the father of Lamech. Then Methuselah lived 782 years after he became the father of Lamech, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. So Methuselah... What, 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 do you, what do we know about him? So go ahead and say it. He what? He lived a long time. He lived longer than anyone else. So Methuselah lived a long time. 
What do we know about Enoch? What? He walked with God. So here's my question to you. Which of those do you want said about you? That you lived a long time? That's what you were known for? Or that you were known that you walked with God? Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, This one will give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground which the Lord had cursed. Then Lamech lived 595 years after he became the father of Noah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he... Okay, Noah was 500 years old, and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So here we've gone all the way from creation to the flood. If you've ever been in my office, there's a timeline on the wall. It's a children's timeline because I can understand it. (laughs) Adult ones are too complicated. So I wanted to show you just the first part of the timeline because I find it fascinating. See, it starts on the left in the beginning with creation, and the the green square there is the fall. It's the fall. And and so we go all the way from Adam, all the people we just read about, how long they lived, and it goes to Noah. And notice there's another green square. That's the flood. So here's the generation that goes all the way from creation to the flood, And when you notice how long they lived, look at how much their lives overlapped with one another. Um, (laughs) Find marriage challenging? (laughs) How about 800 years or something, you know? Oh, wow. But what I want you to see is that that really between Noah, Noah lived so, I mean, Adam lived so long that there was only about 130 years between when Adam died and Noah was born. And the time from creation to the flood is about 1,656 years. That's this timeline of these people, okay? I, I, I just look at this in my office and, and am fascinated with it and wanted to give you an opportunity to see it. But now let's go back and let's look at my hero, Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Now, when you hear about someone walking with God, what comes to mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is they were friends. Uh, I see a lot of people in a park walking together. You know what they're doing? They're walking and talking. And we live in a town, right, where a lot of people like to go downtown and walk around. Don't they walk together? People, they walk together and they talk together because they're friends. And so what a picture we have of of Enoch, that Enoch was a friend of God. They walked together because they were friends. And, you know, we can be friends with God too. But the best way to interpret Scripture is to interpret Scripture with other Scripture. Dave taught us this last week, and so I want to walk you through Enoch in the Bible. Enoch only occurs one more time in the Old Testament, and that's in a, in a genealogy in 1 Chronicles. But when we come to the New Testament, Enoch shows up in the genealogy of Jesus. The first time Enoch appears is in Luke chapter 3. Now, I want you to know in Luke 3, the genealogy is going backwards. 
In Luke 3, we start with Jesus and we work all the way back. We're going backwards up to Adam. So this genealogy is going backwards, okay? The son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared. You see, Methuselah was Enoch's son and, and Jared was Enoch's uh, father. And I'm going, I'm confused backwards. Anyway, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared. Uh, fascinating when you start studying the genealogy and you realize that Noah was Enoch's great-grandson. Isn't that, isn't it, that crazy? So in the New Testament, we see Enoch, and he's in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, the next time we see Enoch is he's in the Faith Hall of Fame. In the Faith Hall of Fame last week, we got to see the Faith Hall of Fame, which is Hebrews 11. And, and last week, we saw that Abel was inducted into the Faith Hall of Fame. So is Enoch. Now, <clears throat> look at this. How did Enoch get in the Faith Hall of Fame? By faith, right? By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Um, anybody here like to be pleasing to God? Would, would you like to be pleasing to God? Would you, doesn't that ask the question, how, how can we live a life that's pleasing to God? And he goes, he tells us, right, how was he pleasing to God? And he was pleasing to God, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. The way that Enoch pleased God is he walked by faith. It wasn't by being good, it was by his faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You see, Enoch believed God was real, that God existed, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Enoch believed that God rewards those who follow after him. So what do we learn about Enoch? That Enoch began his walk with God by faith. Have you? And then Enoch walked with God by faith. Do you? So I want you to picture Enoch and God, they walked together. And they talked together. And then after Enoch talked to God, Enoch would also talk to people about God. Because the next time we see Enoch, he's talking to people about God. And that's in the book of Jude. And Jude, I'm sure one of your favorite books, right? It's this little bitty book right after 3 John and before Revelation written by Jesus' half-brother Jude who was slow to believe. But when he did come to faith in Christ, he became a leader in the church. So here's what Jude says about Enoch. It was about these men that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam. Isn't that so cool? We read about it in Genesis 5, don't we? And then we read about it in Luke 3. See how the Bible's all connected? And then we read about it right here in Jude, don't we? Then the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to, conv to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they had done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Hear a reoccurring word? Hear it? What is it? Didn't you hear a word? It's what? Ungodly. It's there four times. Four times. 
Listen, repeated words, God's trying to get our attention. Some of us think we live in uniquely bad times. We don't. Enoch talked to people about God in an ungodly generation. Do you see that? Oh, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the second coming of Jesus before the flood. Because when Jesus came the first time, it was to seek and save the lost. But when he's coming back, he's coming in judgment to judge the world and establish the final state of things. Are you ready? What if it were today? Are you ready? Notice what he says. Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Um, If you're not convicted yet, let me press on. These are grumblers. Know anybody who ever grumbles, do you? Finding fault. You know something I'm really good at? Finding faults in others. Anybody else? You ever see other people's faults? Maybe more clearly than your own? Maybe? Um, Following after their own lust, intent on doing their own way rather than following... Jesus, they speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Enoch walked with God. He talked to ungodly people about God, saying a judgment day is coming. It's so important to be prepared. Wow. Enoch, he's a hero of mine. Enoch walked with God. Now now let me take you back to Genesis, and let let me finish this up, okay? That he walked with God. Um... And then he was not, for God took him. This pastor I love to listen to, his name is Steve Brown. Here's how he tells the story. Enoch and God were friends, and every day they would go on walks together. And one day they went on a particularly long walk together. And they were enjoying each other's company. And then God said, Enoch, you're closer to my home than yours. Why don't you come home with me today? You know what it means to be a Christian? You know what it means? We get to walk on earth with Jesus and talk on earth with Jesus and tell other people on earth about Jesus and know that one day Jesus will say to us, you are closer to my home than yours. Why don't you come home with me today? Oh, isn't it great to be a Christian? So listen, what we've learned today is that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And here's what I want you to do this week. For an action step, I want you to be very intentional this week to walk with Jesus. I want you to be inspired morally and relationally and spiritually from Enoch to walk with Jesus. And I want to show you, I want to help you get there. I want to show you how. In Colossians chapter 2, Verse 6, listen, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, 
See the word walk in him? This week, we're going to be intentional to walk with Jesus. And walk in the New Testament describes the daily life of a disciple. What does the daily life of a disciple look like? It looks like a walk with Jesus. Next thing I want you to know, we begin this walk by faith and we live it by faith. The first step in this walk of faith is to receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Have you? If you've not, it's really important that you do. And you say, why? Well, the bad news of the gospel is we have a problem called sin. Um, It's not just that we have sinned, it's that we are sinners. I want you to know we are not sinners because we sin, but we we sin because we're sinners. We inherited from our parents a sinful human nature, and then we've all perfected our own style of sinning against God. Um, A sin is a crime against God, and we commit crimes against God with our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds. God is just. He can't wink at sin and let us in the back door. No, God says what we deserve for what we have done is hell. What we deserve is separation from God and from all good things. Once we understand the bad news that we have sinned, we are sinners, we're in big trouble, then we have ears to hear the good news that Jesus is a seeking and saving Savior, that Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth and lived a perfect life for us. And then he passed away on the cross for our sins. We don't say that, do we? We say what? He he died for our sins and it was horrific he died for our sins he took our sins upon himself he died in our place and and then he rose on the third day and he offers us he offers us eternal life oh he offers to forgive our sins he offers us the chance to walk with him every day of our life just like Enoch did and he offers us the chance to go home to be with him just like Enoch did I love this verse. You probably know it. But Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. I love this verse because Jesus pursues us. He comes and he knocks on the door of our heart and says, I want to move into you and forgive you. Wouldn't you like to go to bed tonight forgiven? And he says, when he says, I will dine with you, he says, let's be friends. I want to forgive you, and and, and let's be friends for life, and let's be friends forever. And what does he require of us? To receive him as our Savior and Lord. And if you have it, won't you? To receive him as Savior and Lord means we admit we're sinners. Lord, I've grumbled, and I've found faults, and uh, I've said things I shouldn't have said. Isn't that true of you? It's sure true of me. And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And we commit to Jesus as Savior. Oh, Jesus, come in and and be my Savior and forgive me. And and give me eternal life. And it's, I want you to be Lord of my life. Today I surrender. You lead, I follow from now on, won't you? And if you have, listen to what Jesus says. I will come in to him. He moves in. So we can do life together. Dining is about friendship. Aren't life's best moments around the table? Hey, let's do life and eternity together, right? 
That's what Paul is talking about when he says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, you've invited him in. He's moved in to dine with you. So walk in him. Walk in him. What's the Christian life? It's to walk in Jesus. It's to walk for Jesus. It's to walk to Jesus, isn't it? How do we do that? Having been firmly rooted. We put our roots down deep, right? And now being built up in him. Then we grow in him, right? We're built up and equipped uh, and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So this week I want you to walk with Jesus. And we've been learning that walking with Jesus is really responding to four simple invitations that he gives to all of us. And the first one, he invites us to come and see. Hey, Nick, come on. If Jesus invited you to come and see him, what would you do? Wouldn't you come? Wouldn't you say yes? Every day this week, when you get up, I want you to picture Jesus is sitting at your kitchen table waiting for you. And he says, come and see He says, you invited me in so we could dine together. Let's do that. You say, how? We've been given his word. We've been given his spirit. You can do it. You don't have to read books about Jesus. You can read the Bible. You've been given his spirit. You have. Why don't you join us? Why don't you pick up a study? We're reading in Mark. It's really good. It's really good. Join us. Come and see. We get a chance. People say, well, Smiley, do I have to do that? We can do that. We can see Jesus who wouldn't want to. Isn't that what Sunday is? Smiley, do I have to go to church? If you're a Christian, you don't have to do anything. We can see Jesus. Why do we gather together? Because we want to see Jesus. Did you hear what it said? Um, having been firmly rooted. We come to be firmly rooted and established in your faith. We come to be built up uh, and uh, established in your faith. We come to be equipped. We come to be instructed. We come so that all week long we overflow with thanksgiving. Come and see. We, on Sunday evening, you know what I do on Sunday evening? I come and see Jesus with a small group of people. You know what we do? We open the Bible together, and together we see Jesus. And you know what's so interesting? When you read the Bible with others, other people see things you don't see. And so together we see him more clearly. So this week, when Jesus says, come and see, will you? Now next he says to us, follow me, follow me. Now, uh, my roommate in seminary, uh, had run the half mile at North Carolina. He ran the 800 meters, and he was way faster than me. So I learned when I ran with Mike that I would always run one step behind him. Because if I ever got next to him, you know what he did? He went faster. And then I couldn't talk. So I learned to run one step behind him, and then we could run together. You know what it means to walk with Jesus? It means to walk one step behind him, right? He says, I'm Lord, you're not. You follow me, right? And what do we do? We follow him one step behind, right? And that's how we walk with Jesus. He leads and we follow, right? Um, 
Let me show you a verse in John 15. Um, look at John 15. Um, you ever maybe get upset because you don't get invited to some party or something? Listen to what Jesus says. He wants you to be his friend. <laughs> what does it matter what people think about us if Jesus calls his friend, right? You are my friends if you do what I command you. When we follow Jesus, you know what he, he calls us? His friends, doesn't he? And I want you to know, you can do it. You can do it. You can be his friend. Oh, in 1 John 2, listen to this. The one who says he abides in him, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a disciple. Ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Listen, you're just a step behind, right? He's leading. You're following, right? You're walking with Jesus one step behind, right? You can do it. If you're a Christian, you've been given the Holy Spirit. He's the one who inclines your heart. As you spend time with Jesus in the Word, He says, look at the life He lived. Don't you want to live like that? He lived a beautiful life. Follow Him. Oh, won't you this week? When He says, come and see, won't you say, yes, Lord? When he says, follow me, won't you? Is there an area of your life that Jesus has been saying, come, come, and you've been resistant? Won't you say this week, yes, Lord, I want to be your friend. You lead, I follow, right? Won't you? So Jesus says, uh, come and see, let's say yes, Lord, this week. And when he says, follow me, let's say yes, Lord, and and when he calls us to fish for men, let's say, yes, Lord, because I want you to know you can do it. Um, you ever wonder why Jesus picked the worst group of disciples he could have? You ever do wonder? Because if he had to pick the brightest and the best, all of us would say what? I can't. But Jesus didn't pick the brightest bulbs in the pack. He picked the worst group of people to show us that we can do it, that we can do it, that we can do it. And what did Jesus say to these nobodies? What did he say to them? He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so listen, if we will follow Jesus, then we can fish for men. We really, really can. Now, uh, I want to take you back to Genesis 5 one more time. And I want you to listen carefully. And he died, 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 and he died. Everyone dies in one of two conditions, prepared or unprepared. Is there someone you love and you're not sure whether they're prepared or not, won't you go this week and help them prepare? Listen, this week, maybe your step, you've been meaning to, you've been meaning to, why don't you pick up a do you know booklet and why don't you pray through it and pray through it and practice and, and, and then go to your friend this week and just ask them, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? And if they say no, that's cool. You did what you could do, right? But if they say yes, then share with them. We learn that all of us are going to die, and we're either going to die prepared or unprepared. 
And I believe that many of them are going to ask you, how could someone be prepared to die? And you can share with them. That's what we learned about. Could I share with you how I'm prepared and you could be prepared too? And if they say no, that's okay. You did what you could do. But if they say yes, it's all there. Just read it to them and pray that the Holy Spirit would draw them to himself. You can do it. You can do it. You really, really can. Ah, and so when he says, come and see, let's come and see. And when he says, follow me, let's say yes. And when he says, fish for men, let's say yes. And when he, he says, bear much fruit, let's say yes, because we can. Oh, I, I want to encourage you. Um, maybe you're discouraged because, you know, like at recess when they pick the teams, you're always picked last. Maybe when the team is formed, you never get picked. But if you're a Christian, Jesus picked you for his team. Isn't that cool? Listen, nobody wants me on their team. But Jesus lets me play on his team. And listen to what he said. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. I was wasting my life on things that didn't matter. And Jesus said, listen, with me, your life can make a difference. And it's true of you too. Why waste your life when you could play on Jesus' team and make a difference forever? Now, I want you to know you can win people to Christ, and you can build up believers, and you can equip others to do the same. And, and I know you say, I can't. Listen, everything Jesus asks us to do is impossible for us to do. Thus, that forces us to do what? We have to what? Run to Jesus to get what he's asking us to do, right? And so we run to Jesus to win people to Christ, and we run to Jesus to get what we need to, to build up others, and we run to Jesus to get what we need uh, to equip others. If we're not running to Jesus a lot and asking for help, we're not trying to do what he's asked us to do, are we? Because notice what he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. So this week we learned that Enoch walked with God, and, and I want you to walk with Jesus this week, will you? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, will you? Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, you've been instructed, right? And overflowing with gratitude. So I want to tell you, uh, I've made a decision this week to follow Jesus, will you? This week, when Jesus says, come and see, I want to get up and come and see, will you join me? Will you say yes, Lord? And this week, when Jesus says, follow me, I want to say, yes, Lord, will you join me? And when Jesus says this week, fish for men, instead of saying, I can't, I want to say, yes, Lord, will you? And when Jesus says this week, bear much fruit, I want to say, yes, Lord, will you? And I want to do that this week, and then I want to do that the next week, and then I want to do the next week until that week when I'm walking with Jesus and he says, Smiley, 
you're so much closer to my home than yours. Why don't you come home with me today? And I will. Don't you want to, too? Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming to seek and save sinners like me, like all of us. Thank you for living and dying and rising so that we could have eternal life. Lord, we're so thankful you come, you knock on the door of our hearts, and you say, let's do life and eternity together in our parts to receive you. And listen, if, if you hear him knocking and you'd rather do life with Jesus than without him and eternity with him rather than without him, won't you receive him? He's here. Won't you just say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you tell him, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and woes. And won't you receive him? Jesus, I want you to be my savior and, and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, won't you? If you've done that, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Or tell someone it'll make Jesus more real to you. Lord, I pray the, those of us who've received you by faith that we would walk by faith in you this week. When we hear you say, come and see, that we'd say, I can't believe we can come and spend time with you. And Lord, when you say, follow me, may we say, yes, Lord, and follow you. And when you say, fish for men, may we say, yes, Lord. And Lord, when you say, bear much fruit, may we say, yes, Lord. And Lord, we're so thankful to know that when our walk with you on earth is over, you're going to invite us to go home with you. Oh, we're so glad to know we're going to be with you forever. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.